Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. We appreciate your time and are excited to bring you a guest today that will make those of you who are like me and the non-tech-savvy content marketers feel that much savvier. Today's guest is Sarah Dale. Sarah serves as Chief Revenue Officer at Nativo, the premier content distribution platform, where she oversees the company's buy-side media division. Sarah brings to Nativo a successful track record in content, having previously worked with large publishers, digital startups, and content consultancies. Before joining Nativo, Sarah spent nearly 10 years at the Wall Street Journal in sales and digital, ultimately leading the content studio to produce programs like Cocaineonomics on Netflix and Feeding America, which is on Mini. Sarah's been a part of many award-winning initiatives, has a whole slew of awards, including a Con Lion and two D and AD pencils. Uh, and just a little bit more about Nativo before we jump in into layman's terms. Nativo empowers brands and publishers with the world's most advanced technology for content. And so for brands, Nativo enables storytelling at scale with the largest native reach and reveals insights that unlock return on content. Love that term. For publishers, Nativo enriches monetization, enriches monetization with the most comprehensive platform for next-gen ad formats and breakthrough technology for Accelerated Web Page. Their mission is to equip advertising for the age of content, improving the web experience and creating meaningful, meaningful connections for today's digital consumer. Sarah Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We're so excited to dig in and, and we'll start with the business model basics segment. Would love to do this through a couple of doors. First, the media publisher and then maybe the advertiser. But first, I'm curious how you explain what you do and what Nativo does to your mom. Ha, that's great. Um, I the, the way that I, I in, in real life, described what I was about to do when I joined Nativo to my parents, um, you know, I said, like, think of Nativo as like a giant group publisher, like the biggest group publisher you've ever ever known says uh my dad has a history in advertising and marketing so he got that um because although we we obviously are a tech company and we sell our technology to to publishers from my side of the business uh we run very much like a, a media operation and uh we enable brands to be able to take their really quality brand content and publish through thousands of publishers all at once mm -hmm. and uh so that's that that seemed to to jive and sometimes i use the we're the airbnb of publishing <laughs> so they that also kind of resonates too well let's start with the media publisher what specifically do you do to enable the media publisher to expand their reach and, and make money yeah, sure. So Nativo's uh, sort of magic trick uh, ad server goes directly uh, on code on page on publisher sites and it appears in the well of the editorial uh, for them so that they're able to sell to their advertising customers the ability to be within the content of uh, their editorial in a really relevant uh, environment and appear as, as, as their content does as well. It's very clear to, to the reader that this edit, you know, this mm -hmm. content rather is coming 
from the brand. But when you open that up uh, and expand it to, to whether it's reading an article or if it's an immersive piece of content, it all comes open into the publisher's, uh, you know, style and, and their sort of framework. So we have the ability to do that across like thousands of publishers mm -hmm. th through Nativo. Um, but as the, as a publisher customer, you're then able to offer that to, to your advertisers as well. And could you give us a, just a concrete example of what you just explained of how that publisher's content, you talked about it conceptually. Could you give us an example, like a recent client example? Basically, we embed our technology within the publisher's content feed and uh, allowing allowing a brand's content to show up. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it could, we work with, uh, you know, any large brands that you can think of. Uh, we have a lot of fantastic mm -hmm. brands that work with us across really a lot of uh, considered purchases, right? So mm -hmm. auto, travel, pharma, finance, um, our B2B, there, there are our mainstays and, um, you know, so if you want, uh, you know, your advertisement to show up on Inc magazine, mm -hmm. well, maybe I shouldn't use that one. Uh, so let's say mm -hmm. you want your uh, branded content to show up on entrepreneur, let's say, mm -hmm. um, but you're also interested in, you know, much greater reach across the open web, uh, your content on entrepreneur is going to look like it's, uh, was developed just for entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, but if we go over to like say motor trends, mm -hmm. it's going to open up and look like it's from motor trend. Right. And so then when you're talking about natively, that's what you were talking about, right? So it's customized, yeah. it's customizable. So in the platform that the relevancy is there. So, you know, like on your website, you have, um, you list clients like entrepreneur and motor trend and time and a whole bunch of other folks. So when, from a user experience, it, it's, it feels authentic within the context of where you're seeing that content. Yes. And it's why we get so much better engagement metrics on mm -hmm. that kind, delivering content in that way, because the, from a reader consumer pr perspective, mm -hmm. you're looking at the content that you're interested in and there's relevancy mm -hmm. to, to it. And, you know, we've sort of discounted that uh, in recent years with, with cookies and everything, mm -hmm. but I think that it's probably about to make a real comeback mm -hmm. yep. because um, it, and it really does work. So, um, yeah. How does the media publisher make money in this regard? Is it just you're getting more, you're helping them get more um, traffic and then they monetize it that way? Um, it's not so much about the traffic as much as it is about um, their ability to sell branded content. Like when we were, okay. when I was at the Wall Street Journal, we used Nativo, and that is how we powered uh, native native ads. Okay. Um, and you know, native has has taken on a lot of different connotations mm -hmm. now since I back then when I was when I was at the Journal. Um, but really, you know, it was very much about a. a a, a real quality kind of play where you're then able to go to a brand as a publisher right. and uh, and give them the ability of producing content within your own editorial. And, you know, it, it's been around a while now, but, but when it really started, and Nativo is the one that really started it, mm -hmm. <laughs> is... Um, was was a really big deal and we're still seeing that 
it gets such better engagement metrics than than anything else that that brands really have options to do. And then how does Nativo make money? So uh, we have two sides of our business. And one, we sell our technology, uh, obviously, to, to those publishers, mm-hmm. enabling them mm-hmm. to, to monetize their sites better. Um, and then my side of the business really operates as a, as a media business. And we, have, uh, we take all of the, the publishers that we work with uh, as an ad server mm-hmm. that want uh, us to fill mm-hmm. uh, branded content campaigns for them. And that's how we make our money. Okay. And how do you diff- how do you help? I'm sure the conversations come up when you're talking to them, um, you know, brands or even publishers, you know, in terms of how you differentiate Nativo in the toolkit, the marketing content marketing toolkit from say paid search, right? How, how do you, how do you talk about this in the ecosystem of how people are deploying yeah. their advertising? Yeah. Well, you know, they have a brands i think have a lot to choose from when it comes to sort of the top of the funnel tactics mm-hmm. and bottom of the funnel tactics and we certainly play in both of those spaces but i think that sort of an often overlooked part mm-hmm. of the funnel is is the middle section of really of consideration and it's incredibly important, right? But it's also a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. And so brand content in general really has the ability to address a lot of the difficulties in that particular piece of the customer journey. And that's really where Nativo shines um, because we're able to take brand content and really good storytelling and distribute that at scale Mm-hmm. And because we do that across like thousands mm-hmm. of sites with thousands of campaigns, mm-hmm. we glean a lot more insights a lot faster mm-hmm. about what's working, what doesn't, where should things run, what's you know the right uh, contextual kind of environment for for that piece of branded content, and we're able to really advise our clients on you know a, a lot more than than. Uh, than they would know mm-hmm. otherwise. Let's Can say. you maybe share, like, uh, without giving away trade secrets, obviously, but share some things that, I mean, the folks listening to this podcast are, right, experts in branded content or trying to become them. And so I'm curious as you as you look at the data as a whole, um, because this is the whole, it always bothers me when people are like, oh, you know, create quality content. It's like, well, what the hell is that? Like, we all think we're creating quality content. So if there's <laughs> any insights that you talk about as it relates to, things that you see perform well. Yeah. Well, you know, this, um, I, I'm so glad that you asked this because I think content uh, is incredibly hard. I, mm-hmm. I think that it's very labor intensive. It sucks up a lot of resources and nobody really truly knows what's going to work. Right. Like pretty much 95% mm-hmm. of the time. I mean, you don't really know. Um, and so I, I think that the, 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 the kind of quality brand content to me is when I see brands really, really putting the, uh, themselves into the consumer's shoes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you recently had Adfil Aziz on, and I've been quoting him a lot uh, on useful and delightful. Mm-hmm. And I think that. That, that really he nailed it on 
um, that that's the kind of value that you want to provide. It's very difficult to kind of to do that in a display advertising kind of way, which is why so much of that is getting, you know, ignored and not really working as well as it used to. Yep. <laughs> but in content, if you can really uh, focus on, uh, you know, being useful and delightful to, to your consumer um, and really understand them of what, what is it's going to take, then I think that you're on the right path. Yeah, I, I, um, I appreciate you dropping Afdel's name because I, I have, I've been using one of his nine principles of purpose, be the helper, not the hero, right? For the same thing, which is around utility, right? At the end of the day, it's like yeah. brands. And I don't know if this is kind of like group psychology, but it, it still amazes me in, in 2021. I mean, consumers are smart. If you're going to be helpful, you can't be inauthentically helpful. You can't be like, and buy me now, right? It's like, no, like be helpful, you know, like yeah. find that that key insight. So yeah. um, really cool. Well, you mentioned this earlier and, you know, again, I'm not necessarily a tech person. You're a chief revenue officer, so you're you're not, you know, by trade a tech person. But the post cookie apocalypse, one of my favorite phrases out there in, in marketing, right? There's been quite a bit of buildup and drama around Google's announcement to end the use of third party cookies. And conceptually, a lot of the non techie execs understand this at the high level. But you know, I thought you might be able to help us dig in what that means for brands and what kind of impact you think it's going to have. Yeah, um, I do think it's gonna it's it's going to have a significant impact on everything because so much of our infrastructure is built around the cookie now, mm -hmm. and uh, so when you you take away that ability to retarget or frequency cap and all of the the functionality uh, of cookies, um, you know it, it's it's going to disturb a lot of <laughs> metrics mm -hmm. that that brands are relying on. I think that the the positive side of it is that you know for for one thing I think that we've overly relied on cookies like mm -hmm. we've we've just believed in them so much that um, you know we we take what the what you know who's mm -hmm. being cookied on mm -hmm. as as totally reliable and it it just isn't for one thing um, if you take a look at your the data that Google has on you um, for cookies. You're, I, I guarantee you will find some things that are very odd, like I'm a parent and not a parent, and, and I like combat sports, which I really <laughs> don't know where that one came from. Right. Um, but so, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, and and we've, you know, we've fallen in love with them so much that you know we've ignored like 40% of the audience that you can't even reach through cookies. Yep. So, I think that if the really smart marketers are like pulling back not just to, to figure out what is going to replace the cookie, but rather, wait, what should my strategy be? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and, and cookies uh, really were a tactic. And so if that tactic is going away, um, regardless of whether it's being replaced mm -hmm. with flocks or lookalikes or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, mm -hmm. um, what is it, what, what does it really mean? And to me, I think what the consumers are saying, and uh, or citizens rather, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> from your former podcast, mm -hmm. um, uh, they um, they they are willing to give up data. They're willing to tell you about who they are and mm -hmm. what they want if they have a really proper value exchange yep. in that. And so, how are you going to do that? 
And totally to, to me, it's like content is, is one, it's not probably the only way, but it's certainly a really key way of offering that mm-hmm. kind of value. So I think that that will be an impact as well, that, that we're going to see um, a, a shift uh, in resources towards, you know, understanding consumers better. Yep. Um, obviously, people are going to be both on the publishing side and brand side really committed to first party data <laughs> over the yep. next year. Um, and and I think that that uh, a lot of people will will return to content or increase their efforts that way. You know, I think uh, you guys are wisely Nativo addressing this head on with some of the tools, and I, I want you to explain how they what they are and, and how they work. It's pretty good, pretty crystal clear messaging. Um, you know, on your on your website, and I think um, you know it's interesting to that point. One of my former colleagues always had this term called me search, and just kind of like just because. I think the way that I think, don't extrapolate that to how everyone else thinks, right? Get you into trouble. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it's like that that cookie world that we live in. I mean, I'm I'm pretty fluent on Twitter and Instagram, but the when you see people tracking you, for me, it's almost it's the creep factor. It's like I don't want you know. It just sets off this whole psychological yeah. like I'm kind of getting pissed off that you're following me around because like I don't want you to know that I'm doing like. And then you just yeah. see the insertions and. So I'm sure there's data out there that supports it, and it's probably very different by um, generational marketing. But among the Gen Xs, right, and I'm going to put you in that category, like we the cynics are like, eesh, there's that element of, and I think the key word that you said in there was was value exchange. And I think most people are like, I will give you information if you're giving me something of equal or better value, but not just, you know, stepping in my front door because I'm, you know, sniffing around something. But anyway, back to you. I want to hear yeah. what um, Net- Nativo tools are that are addressing this post-cookie world head on. Yeah. I, you know, I think that um, it, it may be surprising, but but the, the vast majority of our campaigns don't use any cookies and don't mm-hmm. use third-party data. We use contextual targeting because we find that it works a lot better mm-hmm. than, than, than using third-party data. So, um we, we have developed uh, tools that you can use cookies or you don't have to use cookies. You can use any kind of seeding method at all and, uh, and that we can then expand the audience into um, cookie-less environments like Safari mm-hmm. and uh, everything Apple. So, <laughs> um, and, um, but I agree with you that I think that uh, you know, philosophically, if you take the approach of earning the data, then you really can get a, a lot farther with it. And and that's, I think, the, the brands that do that are going to be the winners in terms of earning that first-party data. And that it sort of goes back to what I'm saying about putting the, the customer first, really, and putting, the, putting yourself in their shoes. Because from we're all consumers – we're all customers of, mm-hmm. of, you know, we can sit on the other side of this pretty easily and see that, you know, uh, if, if somebody's following you around that you you asked them to mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, you know, right. you volunteered for that right. is a totally different relationship that you have with the brand. And at the end of the day, that's actually what we're trying to be doing. We're all like all brand marketing is really trying to develop a relationship with the consumer 
So like when we're talking about the cookies going away, because there's such an issue about privacy, it's like just finding another way to do it mm -hmm. doesn't sound to me like we're actually solving for anything there. Yeah, sounds like I a had a brand. There was a, a great CMO. Yeah, exactly. There's a great CMO who um, uh, has said uh, recently, "Does anybody else wonder if you know we're solving for this thing, and then we're going to end up realizing that it's just because the advertising sucks?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a great, honest question yeah. because you know, at the end of the day, like the, that's why I'm saying it's like the cookies are tactics. It's like mm -hmm. if we go back up to like what really works for brands to build relationships with their with their customers, and you can do a lot of that through through good content. Yeah, so I want to build upon that in a segment we call a crystal ball. And so what are the things you're looking at? You kind of went there, but uh, maybe even go another step forward of projecting out six to 12 months, kind of the trends in the ad tech sector that that are kind of no-brainers that you see coming down the pike from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a lot of what we've been talking about. It's like I think that um, certainly there's going to be um, – you know, just a, a huge push on both the publisher and brand side for first party data. I think that um, contextual targeting tools are going to become more and more sophisticated. Um, and and I think that uh, we'll, we'll see a lot more investment into content uh, from the brands that really, really get it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was excited to see Salesforce kind of doubling down and, and building out yeah. their own content studio and their own streaming and original content. Like that, that's why I hope that's why I started this entire podcast was just to kind of carry that flag of this is where things are going. And to that end, I'm was so excited about your background. You know, uh, we have a segment content studio. You're part of the content studio club, right? We've had several of your former <laughs> Wall Street Journal colleagues. They've been oh, awesome. I've been so impressed. You know, Dow Jones, Barron's, Wall Street Journal, Content Studio. Some of our most insightful guests have been, you know, your former colleagues and folks that came after you helped kind of build out um, the content studio at Wall Street Journal. So I'm curious now, having had that experience where you were there for, for nearly a decade, and now that you're the chief revenue officer at Nativo, what do you wish you knew then that you now know that would have helped you? Uh, what a great question. Um, you know, I think looking back on that time, which was fantastic, by the way, um, it was a really, really great uh, time of, of my career. Um, we were all building a boat in the middle of the ocean, mm -hmm. you know, and it had a lot of leaks at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I guess I really wish that I knew that we were really going to do it. You know, like we, mm -hmm. we had a vision to to sort of, uh, you know, of, of what the boat was going to be. And then we were going to throw the sails up. Mm -hmm. And um, but we were all new, you know, branded mm -hmm. content and the branded content studios. It was all brand new. So none of us had any experience of like, this is how we do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was we had to figure it out as as we were building the boat as, mm -hmm. on the ocean, as I said. So. Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that it actually, we were going to pull it off would, would probably, maybe it would have had ruined the fun of it, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, looking back, it's, it's pretty amazing what, what that team accomplished. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I always looked at it. Like we, we've built some media publishing companies from the ground up and being a non-tech guy, it's one of those things where that's why I'm excited to have you on. It's like, there's that element of, 
you know, yeah, we've worked with companies who have platforms, but I'm always like, really? Display advertising? It really works? For real? Right. Like, people paying for that? Like, and you look at some of the, you know, to your point, it's like, you look at some of it, it's like, what's that doing on our site? It's brand damaging. Like, and so um, all of those different elements of just kind of like the nuances of all the things you talked about, the value exchange and really leaning in on the contextual nature of the content so that if you're on motor trend and you're seeing an advertising, it's relevant, right? Um, so uh, really appreciate that, that insight. I'm curious since, you know, marketers tend to be uh, hyper, hyper focused these days on success metrics. How do you set up success metrics with clients? What does a win look like for them and for you? Yeah, so that's really important uh, for us to understand what the client is really hoping that their content is going to do. I think that um, there, there can be a tendency, because content is hard and it's so labor-intensive, et cetera, that like, people, people expect a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> out of their content. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to know like what it what it can do and what it can't do, and it's really important for us at Nativo to understand what a brand's metrics and their KPIs are and what their really their hopes and dreams are for the content before we start. Um, at best, you know, at, at, from a publisher perspective or a brand's perspective, like you're only working with a single entity usually either in the distribution method or the brand, right? So you're maybe at best working with like hundreds of pieces of content. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, like Nativo is working with like thousands of people, mm-hmm. or thousands, sorry, thousands mm-hmm. of pieces of content mm-hmm. and across thousands of sites across the open web. So those kinds of insights are enable us to really advise our clients pretty well mm-hmm. on what those benchmarks really ought to be and uh, and what's attainable and what looks good. That was a question I used to get all the time. Like here, here, here are the results. And people mm-hmm. would say, is that good? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, but you know, we're, we're able to, 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 to tell brands that um, in a much more effective way so that we can work with them on the front end and advise them of what what's really going to work. What what are the contexts that you need to be put into? What's re- what's relevant? What are the topics that at this stage of the funnel? You know, what topics do you want to be talking about? Um, we just actually completed some research from with uh, SMS research mm-hmm. on you know content and the customer journey within you know some really key verticals mm-hmm. and. It's you know will help us to ve- better inform our clients to to say like hey here's some white space that you can use and and here are the topics that you want to be talking about at each stage of the game um, where it's specific to their their industry. You know I, you just hit on something I want to go off script here for a second. I think it's so important and and I love the way you're talking about it so consultatively because. I laughed, but when you said, you know, you, the results come and people say, is that good? Right. I mean, right. I mean, we just went through this in our company. One, one of the, uh, we started a, um, uh, a company four and a half years ago called La Vida Baseball. It's a media publisher, right. For the Latinx baseball fan. And we recently brought on a guy from the San Francisco giants. His name's Alfonso Garcia. He's awesome. And what he did that no one else had done to that time is kind of like, okay, really benchmarking 
what good engagement is on each platform relative to the competition, which sounds commonsensical, but it's like engagement metrics are different by sector, by platform, by like, and like, and, absolutely. And, and just parsing that information and making it really crystallized has helped us immensely, right? Because it doesn't feel like you're trying to boil the ocean. It's like, oh, we need to increase our engagement by one tenth of a percentage point to beat out these household names. Like now we've got a narrative to go to advertisers, yeah. and say, right? And so I think that point that you made, I mean, the point here isn't to talk about um, my company, it's to talk about yours. And so, but I, but I think that there's so much unknown, even from savvy marketers, because there's just so much information out there, right? Like Absolutely. understanding that context relative to an auto industry versus finance and what's good within those yeah. can be so wildly different. And I think yeah. we overlook those, some of those simple blocking and tackling things that actually make it much more manageable in our minds. I totally agree because when when I came, you know, my whole background really is primarily in publishing. Mm -hmm. I came into Nativo and could see like the the kind of data that we have mm -hmm. on on content and the insights we, we were able to provide from that at far outstrip anything that I was able to to mm -hmm. provide as a as a publisher just because of the scale mm -hmm. and. Um, but it is very different, you know, back to sort of the journal and you mentioned cocaineonomics. It's like, well, that Netflix and cocaineonomics for narcos almost went like viral. It was, mm -hmm, that was an mm -hmm. incredible event. Um, but, you know, if you get a, a, a financial, let's say insurance company or something like the expectations just can't be the same. And those metrics shouldn't be part of, you know, what they're looking at to, to judge whether this went well or not, you know, it's like mm -hmm. really, but you've got to have enough volume of specific campaigns around insurance and enough to play with. Uh, we do a lot of AB testing, uh, at Nativo and you've got to have a, a lot of, you know, levers to, to, to see like, Oh, this is interesting. This is what works. All right. Now we're going to pivot to the personal side, Sarah, a little bit morning must segment we do with everybody where we get you to fess up on your email inbox, social follows, morning routine of how you stay on top of industry news. So I, I do a lot of walking in the morning, so podcasts are great for me. I, I, I listen to a lot that you would imagine, mm -hmm. <laughs> yours being one of them. Oh, um, E-marketer, nice uh, Digiday, you know, ad tech, MarTech yep. uh, podcasts, and um Newsletters, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had Ben Young on. Yes, from Nudge. He's, yes. Yep. He's is my favorite newsletter uh, in all the industry. I think he does such a great job. It's it's great. All the information is, is fantastic, and it's also great tone and all yep. of that. So the I don't know Ben. King of curation. So. The king of curation, as I like yeah. guy's got more links to stuff in his email news. That's awesome. Yes, it's excellent. Yeah, really. Well, cool. And then just for fun, as we as we wind things down here, bedside, bookstand, what are you reading for fun? You know, if if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would um, be a farmer. <laughs> so really? I know this is probably the first guest that said that, but 
Um, I'm really interested in permaculture. Okay. Um, and there's uh, the the whole design principles uh, around it. So um, I'm reading a, a really nerdy book on perm- permaculture <laughs> at the moment. I got to tell you, there are a lot of things where you were saying, like like when you teed that up, if I won the lottery, farm <laughs> didn't even come in the first 1,000 fleeting thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, sdale at nativo.com. Awesome. Sarah Dale, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome talking about ad tech and the future of branded content. Really appreciate you coming on board. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc., We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.